Let's face it, people have different sleep needs. While you love your partner, sleeping next to them might not always be the most comfortable. Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Maybe you prefer a firmer mattress and your partner needs something softer. Because of the individualized comfort that you get from Sleep Number Smart Beds, you and your partner will sleep better together. All Sleep Number Smart Beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. And their temperature balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. The smart beds even automatically respond and adjust to your movements so you sleep comfortably all night long. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the club that you didn't want to join. We're the voice of rare disease and this jingle doesn't rhyme. Nordpod, Nordpod, Nordpod. My name is Matthew Zachary and welcome to Nordpod, right here on the Offscript Media Network. Now, I've been advocating on behalf of cancer and rare disease patients for over 20 years. Why? Because I am one. Nordpod is the official podcast of the National Organization for Rare Disorders. And a quick reminder before we get started, that if you like the show, please leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts because it helps other listeners like you discover the show. Now, let's get started. Hello, friends. Welcome back to this episode of NordPod and a special welcome to all of our new subscribers. On the show today, I welcome Joanne D'Angelo, a Parry-Romberg syndrome patient and the founder of the Parry-Romberg syndrome foundation. PRS, as it's known in acronym land, is an extremely rare facial disfigurement that impacts the bone, muscle, and dental only on one side of the face. There's no cure, and the only treatment is invasive plastic surgery that only impacts the appearance superficially and doesn't address the underlying conditions. Joanne is an extraordinary human being who very bravely shares her remarkable story with us today. She's currently going through the Nord Forming a Foundation program, which is helping her to incubate and accelerate her nonprofit dreams. She is a consummate example of how one person truly can make a difference for others like her. Enjoy the show. So is it fair to say that because this is a physical disease, you can see it on the outside versus something on the inside, it's diagnosable as soon as the identities start to present? You were 10. Were you like eight and nine and this was happening or just one day this was presented and your parents were having to navigate this? It presents itself gradually 
It can be deceiving because in my case, it was initially misdiagnosed. It's deceiving initially because it progresses slowly, generally progresses slowly. Initially, they thought it was vitiligo, which is just a discoloration of the skin. Um, and then as it continued to progress and they realized it was more of a uh, facial depression and a loss of fat and tissue, then it was became more alarming and then there was the search for a diagnosis. The challenge, Matthew, is that because there are so few cases and so few doctors know what it is, it took a year for any doctor to know what Perry-Romberg syndrome was. So that's what the challenge is. Many doctors are looking at it and don't really know what it is. So I want to talk about the humanity of your experience. If you can recall being 10 years old, were you in school at the time? Was it like normal 10-year-old universe? Uh, yes, it was normal 10-year-old universe. It, I, I think for me, I, I sensed my, my parents' alarm and I, did, I didn't want my parents to be my parents were very frightened, my, particularly my mother, and I, I didn't want my mother to be more alarmed than she already was about my diagnosis. And so I actually tried to stay, you know, very, very, very composed and brave <laughs> and have stayed that way to this day. And I... I never let it consume me. I always felt in my heart that I had this diagnosis for a reason, and the reason was to make a difference. And you're helping me do that today. Well, again, without getting all cat poster, making lemonade from lemons and all that stuff, you know, my I have twins, a boy and a girl, and they just turned 11. And kids are cruel on a good day when everything is normal. Can you talk about your life experience going through this process, getting this diagnosis and maintaining whatever level of social dignity? Because I'm sure, and you can tell me whether I'm presuming or not, that things possibly got socially uncomfortable with your fellow classmates and as you got older? Uh, yes, you're right. It's very hard to talk about. I think the cruelest thing that ever happened was that one classmate took chalk and wrote on the sidewalk of my home that Scarface lives in this house. And I came home from school and saw it. And I just sobbed. And my 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 mother and my sister were like what is the matter and i could not even get the words out as to why i was so hysterical and i remember my my sister running outside and scrubbing it off with soap and water and that that's i honestly i i don't want to recall 
anything more about any other incident. I, I really, I do really want this to be positive. I, I, well, you're extraordinarily brave for even sharing that part. I'm sure our listeners can make all sorts of conclusions as to how much more challenging this has gotten. But this also does come down to support and coping and how you were able to get through this with your parents and with the people who stuck with you in the community that you kind of didn't have, but now you're doing for others what you wished you had had. That is exactly right. That is what inspires me every day. I never want another 10-year-old child or another family to hear this diagnosis and to know that there is no hope, no prospects of hope, that they are medically disenfranchised. This this cannot go on. And um, there are brilliant medical scientists in this day and age that can make a difference. And that's why I'm speaking to you now. Before we get to the nonprofit organization, let's discuss the science. When did you first realize that there even could be science and discovery around this condition? You know, I really didn't, I really was never sure I mean, I just always felt whenever I read of cures for other disorders or findings for other disorders, I just felt that there had to be a finding for this disorder. It it just seemed inexplicable to me that the the face of a a beautiful child at any age would suddenly and mysteriously curiously begin to waste away. And it, it, it just seemed to me, this is the 21st century. How could there not be an explanation for this? And I, I, and that's how I feel to this day. I, I may just make one further point about this disorder when I started reading about it and researching it. Um, This disorder was first written about in 1825 in medical literature, um, there were two scientists. One was named Parry and one was named Romberg. And that's how it has the name Parry Romberg. Matthew, that is two, almost two centuries ago. It is just beyond me that two centuries have passed and there has not been any research. And but for the support of Nord, and some craniofacial organizations, there has just been almost nothing done. And this has to change. Agreed. I've heard, you know, we are all born of our condition. It's how we use that experience with the time we've been given to make it suck a little less for the next us. So let's use that and talk about my running joke as someone who is a nonprofit founder why did you start a nonprofit? Well, I've only just started, and I I started it because I feel my mission now in life. I'm retired now. I have the time. I have the wherewithal. I I am determined, and I feel that my and which is in my mission statement. The mission of the Parry Romberg Foundation is to prevail over this rare and life-altering syndrome, and to restore the faces, 
bodies and lives of those affected. And that's what I'm striving for. I can't imagine anyone disagreeing with that. That's just so powerful and speaks right to the heart of why this is so important. So in terms of activating a community that may not exist and raising awareness for something that is just so microcosmic and, 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 and unique, where do you see your strategy originating? And I'm, I'm kind of speaking in a sense to some of the other listeners, many listeners in that sense, who are possibly considering following in your footsteps and starting nonprofits of their own because there's such a dearth of understanding. Yes. I think there's an enormous potential. First of all, the patients of Parry Romberg are so deserving of having been neglected for two centuries, I feel, are so deserving of a, of a dedicated foundation that is dedicated only to their disorder. And I also feel that now there's the ability to solve this scientific mystery. And so I feel that between the, the need to support anyone that is affected with this disorder and the ability to, to solve this medical scientific mystery that is so doable now that, that, I, that I'm inspired by both of those opportunities and that's what I'm striving for. Back with our guest after the break. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Joanne, I want to dig a little deeper into, again, channeling my nonprofit founderness, which was, you know, I didn't know anything about nonprofits when I started. I had to learn on the fly. It's kind of like, you know, your MBA by accident, <laughs> figuring these things out. So, all right. So here you are. You decide, I'm going to start a charity because one doesn't exist and this community deserves better. What has been your experience and maybe lessons learned in the brief time 
cautionary tales, teachable moments just to get to where you are today? Okay, well, I've had the advantage of um, I, I did read a lot. I educated my tried to educate myself as best I could. I have always stayed connected with Nord. And I, uh, Nord was running two workshops uh, called Rare Launch on how to launch a nonprofit. And they were not only invaluable in terms of being informative, but they were also inspiring. And they had everyday speakers that... Um, you know, really were coming from exactly where I was coming from, just sheer desire and enthusiasm and motivation to start a nonprofit. And they all spoke as to how just driven by their passion to make a difference for their rare disease community, they were able to move forward. And um, I took the two-day workshop. I was so inspired. I asked for an opportunity to speak with Nord representatives afterwards in order to follow up on what would be the next steps and how could they guide me. And they have been guiding me forward and I've been taking it one step at a time. And that's how I've gotten as far as I've gotten. So let's step back to come forward again. When was your first awareness of or interaction with Nord? I've been, I've been interacting with Nord for I would say two decades, just off and on. But, you know, I was, you know, at the time and I and I went to many of their major, you know, meetings in D.C. But, you know, I, you know, I was I was I had a full time job and raising a family and caring for parents. And I never had the time to really dedicate to to getting involved enough to, to start a nonprofit. And really, without having nonprofit status, it's very difficult to make inroads. So I always stayed in touch with Nord, and I was always on the website finding out what was new. And I think very recently, Nord seems to be very much in a teaching role and providing tools and workshops and informing the rare disease community on, you know, how to do it yourself. And, and I've just, it just seems like the timing was right. If you remember back in the nineties, they had those like blank for dummies books in yes. the bookstores, yes. man, do I wish I had a nonprofit for dummies when I got <laughs> Stupid cancer off the ground in 2006. To me, metaphorically, like the rare launch forming a foundation program is itself kind of like a nonprofit for dummies. How helpful, I mean, I guess it's a weird comparison because you have it, I didn't. How helpful has it been to make you feel confident in what you're doing and giving you guidance and direction to do this? I won't say the right way, there's no right way, but the best way. Extremely helpful. Extremely helpful. You can go back to their to their podcasts as much as you like. When you think you're faltering and you need more information about one of the steps in the process, you can go back and look at it again. You know, I've been fortunate to have access to to someone who is assisting me along the way and just helping me step by step and 
it's been to- absolutely invaluable to me. That's fantastic. And again, I kind of have a sort of sense of jealousy that you have this and I didn't. But then again, there was no internet when I started Stupid Cancer. So all things considered, looking at the the notion of research for Perry-Romberg syndrome, are there any related genomic corollaries with other rare conditions? Is this similar to related to anything or is it its own isolated sort of genetic vortex? Um, That's a great question. And it more or less is its own with one exception. And that exception, and and I'm, you know, not a doctor, so I don't want to misspeak, but there is a relationship to scleroderma. And about one third of the patients that have Perry Romberg also have a similar manifestation with scleroderma. So one of my objectives to try to connect with the Scleroderma Foundation, because there may be, even if, if it didn't turn out that research helped Perry Romberg, it may help scleroderma. So this isn't the all apples are fruit, but not all fruits are apples thing. Exactly. Got it. Well, that makes sense, though. If they're umbrella-ish in that idea, why not give it a shot and see how they respond? Joanne, I was wondering if you'd be okay sharing with me and with our listeners what it was like for you the moment you realized you weren't alone, your first peer. You knew somebody else got it. They understood what you were going through. There was a shared empathy with no judgment. So thank you for asking that question, actually. And I remember I remember the, the moment vividly. I was on the Internet. I was Googling. Fortunately, we had the Internet. So I was Googling the name of my disorder. And up came Perry Romberg Connection. Actually, it was the Romberg connection. It wasn't Perry Romberg. And then I realized there was actually a group where others with Perry Romberg were joining and meeting. And I joined. And I started to read. I realized that there was actually not just me, although I knew that it wasn't just me, but it always seemed like it was just me. I'd never seen or known of another person other than myself. And I read their stories and it was very emotional, but it was also comforting. And of course, I immediately joined the Romberg Connection, of which I am still a member and of which I now when anyone writes in um, and tells their story and how they just discovered the Romberg Connection because it's a global network of support, I write back and try to give them support. And this actually gives me an opportunity to thank our moderator, Marilyn Neal, who's been running the Romberg Connection for several decades and as just an amazing uh, woman and supporter of mine and just does so much uh, for others that have uh, Perry Romberg. Yeah, you can't speak enough to the power of peer support and when you find your tribe. How rare is this condition? How many cases a year? So it's 
the only I I can't put it in how many cases a year, but this is this is the only statistic that we have at the Romberg Connection. Um, the Romberg Connection is global, and the Romberg Connection has close to seven hundred members globally. Some of them are duplicates with you know more than one email. However, Facebook started a group. And to be cleared for Facebook, the Romberg connection clears the members as a service for Facebook. So Facebook has 1,500 members. However, the many of the 1,500 members on Facebook globally are also Romberg members, Romberg connection members. So I am just guesstimating that there's about 1,500 to 1,700 in the world that we know of. So with regard to when the internet goes right and the value of peer-to-peer, you mentioned earlier in the show that this is a condition that largely affects younger people, which means they ideally would have parents who are helping them go through this system, but those parents themselves probably need support from other parents like them. Does this community embrace that? Yes, absolutely. And thank you for asking that question, Matthew. And because this disorder is so rare, parents are just frantic for whatever uh, bit of information they can get. And because there are no doctors dedicated to treating only Perry Romberg, what happens is parents treat only the symptoms. So if the, the the child is struggling with migraines or if the child is struggling with an eye disorder or a jaw or teeth or whatever, the parents write and say, you know, anyone out there living in this state, do you know of any doctor who will know even what Perry Romberg is so I don't have to educate the doctor and would be able to help my child. And every email, every every time I get an email and the desperate voice of the parent, I, I reflect back to my, my own parents who were so desperate for help for me. And so that's what the, the Rumber Connection does. And we, we kind of keep a list of doctors and you know, just give them a choice of where you could go and what we know, what, what little, what little we know, what little we can share. You know, we, we try not to bring up the fact that there is no cure, no known effective treatment, no, and no known research, which is the most heartbreaking of all. Well, you have the support of the entire rare disease community that you turn this sapling into a giant oak tree in as short a period of time as possible with specific gratitude to NOR's Rare Launch Forming a Foundation program. Joanne D'Angelo is a Parry romberg Syndrome patient and the founder of the Parry romberg Syndrome Foundation. Thank you so much for coming on NordPod. Thank you, Matthew, for giving me this opportunity. And I am very grateful to you, to your team, and to, and to Nord for everything that they've done to make today happen for me. And for anyone out there with Perry Rumber.
That's all for today. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, leave a review, follow us on social, and tell all your friends to listen. NordPod is a product of the National Organization for Rare Disorders and Offscript Media. Our executive producers are Matthew Zachary and Leslie Nordstrom. Andrew McDowell is our senior producer. Valerie Don Francesco is our marketing manager. Darren Tun is our production intern. It is recorded, mixed, and edited by Matthew Zachary and the post-production team at Offscript Media. Our theme music is by the Salvatones. Learn more about the music of the Salvatones at salvatones.org. For advertising and media inquiries, email media at offscript.com. Hit us up at contact at offscript.com to share comments, feedback, and make guest recommendations. For more information, visit nordpod.org. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.